0: Welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, and I'm a photographer, podcaster, and writer, and I love art and artists, and I love asking questions and having real conversations. I have a curious nature, and I'm really interested in people, who they are deep down and why they do what they do, what do they love, and how did they get where they are, and where are they headed? Austin is a great city, and I'm grateful to be in the midst of so many talented and amazing artists and those that support them. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe where you listen and visit scottdavidgordon.com to learn more about me, other podcasts I produce, and to read my almost daily journal where I share my photography, thoughts and connections, and books that I'm listening to or reading. And reach out if you have an idea for your own podcast and don't really want to deal with the learning curve and all the equipment. Maybe I can help you make your dream come true. This episode is brought to you in part by Eastside Picture Framing, a conservation-quality picture frame shop located within the Canopy Creative Complex in East Austin. Eastside Picture Framing offers you exceptional custom framing and provides insights and recommendations throughout the entirety of the design process. From archival mounting, acid-free mat and backing selections, and UV glazing options, all the way to their wide selection of real wood and metal moldings, they provide the same level of care for each project, regardless of the size or budget. Please schedule your free consultation today on their website, eastsidepictureframing.com, or visit their Instagram page to see examples of their work, at Eastside Picture Framing. On to the episode. Wow. Can't believe we've made it to 100 episodes. I could not imagine a better guest to celebrate this milestone. Chris Rogers is an artist who specializes in portraits that capture a person's true essence, live painting sessions at events, and large and colorful murals that adorn many walls around Austin with their inviting and galvanizing truths. All of this work hopefully leads to conversations, connections, and a realization, as Chris says in the interview, the cure is us. How can we heal our fractured system and relationships, let go of control, and give over to the moment, and find our way to truth, honesty with ourselves, and learn to speak from the heart? Chris really brought the vulnerability and bears all as we talk about his lifelong artistic practice, alcoholism and recovery, and the huge impact his late mother continues to have on his life. This conversation was so moving and inspiring to me, as I hope it will be to you. Here is Chris. Chris, for being on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I it's really appreciate you. Um, wow, what to say. Where you know, I first became aware of who you are on Instagram. And that was around the time you were doing the George Floyd mural at Native Hostel. And I came down to see you in person because I just wanted to meet you and you were working on the mural. And, um, you know, I've been following you ever since. And i'm just really impressed with just your energy your honesty your passion your integrity i mean you're doing videos you're doing like these public service announcement videos about compassion uh truth um you know how you get over being stuck you know i mean for you know a lot of it i feel like is directed towards creative people you know i mean that's who probably you relate to the Mm -hmm. best right i'm assuming yeah um And I just thought, man, I really want to, you know, I do this podcast interviewing Austin artists, like I got to talk to Chris, you know, like he's got a lot of knowledge, and you're so honest about your path, you know, you've been through the dark night of the soul, too. And you've been through some hard things, you're very open about it. I think that kind of vulnerability is so powerful. And I think it's good for people to hear about other people's struggles and also the wisdom that came from that, the wisdom that's come from your career in art, in creativity, all your ups and downs. I mean, it's good to, I mean, you know how it is. It's like, I mean, I, I can imagine it's like the way you've described going to like a, an AA meeting. It's like Mm -hmm. people are sharing deep personal things that you thought maybe you only felt right you know Mm -hmm. and you're like wait no that other person has that they did some other crazy thing that's even worse than why i did or they feel the same way i do i just feel like that's how people connect uh, with the podcast the people that i interview is through those sharing that those experiences that's what i like capturing um i know i'm just like rattling on here i just wanted to like
1: that's i appreciate the intro yeah Yeah, no i mean the 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 path, the, the the struggles and everything like that, I feel like are are the that's the meat. Yeah, that's the sustenance. I mean, yeah. uh, these these the highlights that that you you see are they're flashes in the pan.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I mean, I knew this before I even started uh, pursuing my art professionally. Like the people that I looked up to um, that were uber successful in many different facets, like. All they talk about is the struggle. All they yeah. talked about is when things were uncertain or they weren't good enough or nobody believed in them or they didn't even believe in them and they just kept going. And yeah. maybe they got a hundred doors slammed in their face, but they just kept on coming back. Yeah. And that's what um, really has been a pilot, if you will, in, yeah. in, in my spirit, in my trajectory. And that's something that I like to, I like to share. And, yeah. uh, you know, recovery is a huge part of my story. Um, and there's, there's just no way I'd be doing what I'm doing on the the frequency that I'm doing, uh, the level that I'm doing, if it weren't for my recovery, I've been an artist my entire life I yeah. mean, since I was a child. And, and in my, my humble belief, I feel like everybody's creative on yeah. some level. Um, and so part of me f- Sharing my story and sharing what my experience is also i'm I'm trying to understand it myself yeah and i i've just I was raised by a very very uh sensitive giving woman, and mm. i'm I'm learning more and more just the importance of giving, and that's a big part of my recovery too is is sharing my experience freely, and I've learned that when I share is when I really get, and i didn't really understand that till uh you know i got sober uh, i used to think that if i have something and i share it then i'm going to have less of what i have yeah and that's just so far from the truth so far from the truth and a matter of fact like when i share stuff that not only do i get it back but here's another big thing is like you would think that it would like the the my highlights that I really cherish would be me being on a podium me being getting accolades, me being recognized, and all this that know and, and that's yeah. that 's the flash in the pan stuff to me what 's really dope is to see people around me mm. get it yeah and and succeed whatever level that success is man but again from from my mother i 've learned that one of one of the things that i, I more than more than my art and anything at when it 's all said and done i don 't know if it 's going to be four days from now or four decades from now. But when I'm Mm -hmm. done, I want to be empty. Yeah. Like the, like (laughs) the, the, the statues and the temples that I want to build are those in other people's hearts. Like my mother forever has a a temple in my heart. Half of the people that have inspired me along my path, I've never even met. I've never had a conversation Mm. with, but just by virtue of them living their life and following their passion, it gave me permission in my heart, to be like, yo, I want that, or maybe I can do that. Yeah. You know, and those are, yeah. the, those are the people I, I really look up to, and those, that's what I I try to be myself.
0: Yeah, I think you're doing it. That's what I see. Thanks. That's what I see, and that inspires me, and I know that it inspires other people, too. And I think that's, you know, you mentioned that in one of your videos, how how easy it is to see people that have all the accolades, that have all these big moments that are in the spotlight, and you almost don't even see them as having faults or struggles. And it's so weird that we, there's like this disparity. You put people on a pedestal and you don't see them as a human being who Mm -hmm. has the same struggles that you do anymore. You know, it's really weird.
1: Uh, It's, it it is, it is weird, but I also think it's something that's kind of indoctrinated and ingrained in, in us to, to have idols and to look up to people. And again, this is something that I've learned in recovery is my own, concept of a higher power and, and my concept is it's it's a frequency that runs through every one of us yeah. and i not that i am god but you are god we are god everything is god yeah. and thus we're all the same thing
0: right The non-duality
1: exactly yeah. exactly and so and so the less i don't know man it's like the less the less separate and i i have to make a conscious effort to to gain this vantage point Mm -hmm. like i wake up in the morning and i fall asleep during the day and i'm already thinking about like what this person has or what that person has there's Mm -hmm. always like a greater than or less than sign attached to other people and things and i have to remember that we're all the same thing and 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 that's that's where i don't know that's where there i I feel like there's the most flow in my life is when i'm not competing for it you know And, and, and and it's not something that I achieve, and it's not something that I gain. It's actually something that I need to let go of. And a big part of my uh, creativity comes from an idea that, I mean, it, what, what's it called where something's like, it's it's a folklore, something that's passed down. It's, it's I forget, but take yeah. Peter Pan. Right. Peter Pan, man. He was the shit. He was the leader of the Lost Boys. And he grew up, he got a wife, he got a life, and he forgot. Yeah. You know, and this isn't anything new, but I'm saying like it's that that level of creativity, that that frequency that God, if you will, is in every single one of us. And I, I feel like well I speak for myself, I forgot it. Mm-hmm. You forget it. You forget it when you get hurt. You forget it when you're thinking of competition and what this person has and when you get hurt and you have a relationship and your heart breaks and yeah. losses and it just like it gets tarnished and it gets mm. it gets foggy and it gets distant, but it's in us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and so thats that 's what I get more than anything when I align my art with a sense of purpose and usefulness to other people because i 'm mm-hmm. not the end result right. it 's like when i 'm <laughs> yeah. when i 'm at the bottom or the top of the totem pole, whichever is the most important, like things just are so complicated and and Mm. cumbersome and it's like whack-a-mole as soon as one thing's achieved there's ten more things that pop up and there's just no peace
2: Mm -hmm.
1: as opposed to you know, hey, let me take a little time and, like, how can I align this with other people? And I've talked about this in videos. Like, when I get stuck in my head and when things start to get really important everything feels like Mount Everest, like, I'll I'll start out a a session where I'll pick somebody on Instagram and I'll, like, somebody that follows me and I'll just sketch a picture of them and I'll send it to them. Mm. So it's like... Two birds, one stone I'm, I'm warming up I'm practicing this, that, and the other And I'm yeah. just I'm gifting something from somebody yeah. I'm thinking of somebody Other than myself
0: Paying it forward Paying like you it forward, about. man Yeah Yeah What's the prayer that you say Before you make something?
1: I uh, say I say, say God Thank you for this opportunity To be creative Help me let go Help me understand your will And I give it all to you Yeah Yeah, that usually takes A lot of the pressure off Right. Of whatever i'm doing and that's when i'm sketching when i'm working on a mural if i'm about to go paint in front of an audience anytime there's there's some creativity i i started off with gratitude because i've just come to understand like i'm not i'm not light i'm not the lightning like if at, at most i'm i'm the rod like it mm-hmm. i can, it comes from without if if i had the if i had the ability to create a masterpiece every time like that would be godlike, but obviously <laughs> yeah. there's not a person. I don't care how amazing you are; yeah. you're not going to have it every single day. There's going to mm-hmm. be times where you walk up to the canvas or whatever your medium is, and it's just shit coming out. Yeah. And that's so. The, what what helps me with that is is helping that is understanding that uh, you know at best I'm co-creating with whatever the universe is and whatever yeah. is is going on there. And so gratitude gets me back to this this place of balance again even no better Mm. no worse there's nothing to achieve we're right here we're having fun you know that's something that i wish i would have known a lot longer ago you know i came up playing uh sports and Mm. that that was and i was always painting and drawing and and this that and the other but athletics were where my my passion was Mm -hmm. and a a lot of the the grit and and fortitude that i have with my art today was gained through Mm. my athletics and um, I wish I would have had this m- mindset then, because a lot of the attributes and gains that I that I accomplished in my athletic pursuits were coming from a place of a lack of confidence. Hmm. I'm not good enough, so you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna work out before a game, and I'm gonna do this, that, and the other. I'm gonna do too much. Like I was putting too much pressure on myself. Yeah. I couldn't find that balance. Like I felt like if I if I didn't care to the extreme then I wouldn't get where I want to get and it was just too much pressure and what I found is the higher I climbed you know into the collegiate level and trying to do semi-pro soccer it just it it put too much pressure on myself Mm. you know and I, I found for me I'm at my best when I'm just having fun
0: yeah, I was going to say, it didn't sound like you were probably enjoying yourself that
1: much. Well, I, I, I was, I was, but my enjoyment, my true enjoyment was attached to results. Right. Which is something I I don't even try to concern myself with. Mm. Even if I really, really want something, that's why I started out with gratitude. Yeah. If I started out with gratitude, then anything after that is sprinkles and cherries.
0: Well, just being, waking up in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> is amazing, right? Exactly.
1: So that's, that's. <laughs> That's why I try to, you know, on my videos. That's why I like to talk about stuff that, you know, we can all understand. Mm-hmm. And you can copy and paste it into whatever it, you know it applies to in your life. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad it does help. I have been getting some some good some good uh feedback from it, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'd like to do more with it.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Well, I hope this helps too. I mean, it'll just put you in front of some new people maybe. For sure. Uh and I know they'll enjoy what you're saying. So for people that aren't familiar with you, you're I mean you're known in Austin as a muralist, mm-hmm. but you also do live painting, which mm-hmm. is something that's very interesting and right. kind of different and yeah. I don't know, I hadn't heard I really it. much about that. Yeah. That is cool. Like what's that all about?
1: It's I mean I
0: mean, I've seen live painting like down on 6th Street or yeah, something yeah, like, yeah. that people I mean, it, would paint. And-
1: I mean, that, I, that wasn't introduced to me to after I graduated college. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't – it was just something I stumbled upon. As a matter of fact, it was uh, back in Hilton Head, South Carolina. That's where I grew up. And after college, I moved back there. And my mother at the time was working – right above this restaurant called the studio mm-hmm. and it's still there to this day amazing restaurant it's owned by a husband and wife paul and lenona paul is the chef and lenona a painter and it's basically oh, nice. a small little gallery and she would invite local artists to come in and paint while people were dining and so oh wow yeah okay. so that was <laughs> i was just like you know three months out of college like Nothing lined up as far as like an yeah. art career. I didn't know But idea. you studied art in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah studio right. art, painting, uh printmaking, graphic design. Yeah. Um
0: You knew you wanted to be an artist. Yeah, I
1: just didn't know how it was going to happen. I was still I was still pursuing soccer at that okay. time, okay. but but that just kind of fell into my lap and that was that was super super uncomfortable man the first time I did it was That <laughs> was it was it was, it was That was the harshest time I ever had with it. It, it, Every experience after that, for the most part, has been very positive. But I just remember it was a small little dining room. I mean, it was probably only like nine tables in this dining room. And the biggest table was right behind me where I was painting. And it was a circle table. And I remember it was like seven elderly women. And they were – I didn't have any headphones or nothing. I was – it's my first time doing it. And like as I'm painting, they were like – Talking
0: they're like commentating
1: commentating, <laughs> I mean, just like we're talking right now, and I could hear everything they were saying, and most of it was positive, but there was one woman that was not impressed at all, and yeah. she made it abundantly clear oh, and gosh. I remember i was I was painting a rose, and i I was probably just like half an hour into it, and I overheard her say, like, "What is that that's not art, and oh. I just like if I could have disappeared in that moment, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would have, and it 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 messed me up for probably like two weeks. But uh, I ended up doing it again, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I did because it's just the, I mean the art that I the art that I get when I'm painting in front of people as opposed to the studio is just a totally different experience. I mean, it kind of forces me into this place like well Mm. it is what it is like we're just gonna have to go like there's no time to like toil and think and this that and the other and that's another big part of my process too is like I really as much as possible especially when I'm starting out I don't want to think like yeah. I'll, I'll rehearse something I'll sketch it but When I step up to the canvas It's like I'm just going I'm making marks And I'm usually not stopping Until yeah. I, I find some sort of resolution But the, the idea is to You know Just get away from thinking Because I feel like My thought process uh, I can lose I can lose myself And my creativity In my thoughts
0: Yeah Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when you think of a typical artist, and you do that too, you know, you're just alone Mm. in your studio. So this whole kind of painting in front of people, that's like such a different dynamic that I could see the usefulness in that energy or the time frame or just the, you know, the people being there that would change you or force you to work a different way that could Mm. be helpful in all parts, you know? Yeah. And the, I mean, doing murals is like live painting too, in a way, even though, you know, there is, uh, you know, just observing from afar, there is a a level of solitude in it. It's Mm -hmm. like you're maybe in a busy intersection and you're just there and maybe people are paying attention to you. Maybe they aren't, but you're in public and you're painting, but kind of no one's really paying attention that must be interesting too
1: i love it yeah i mean again i wasn't looking for this but i mean live painting really helped pave the way for me i mean when i first well before i moved out here what helped me save up some money was uh on the island i mean it's all restaurants people go there if you've never been there it's just a tiny little island it's only 12 miles long and people go there to vacation and, Mm -hmm. and retire and golf and eat yeah. So like, that's what you do there. And so I would, I would just go to different restaurants with patios or resorts around the island and team up with musicians and paint while they were playing. Oh, cool. And, uh, so that was a good way for me to like get some recognition and people see my art, and I meet people and mm-hmm. this, that and the other. And when I moved out here and I had zero bearings, like I would just set up yeah. on South Congress in front of a uh, South Congress cafe and just paint and hopefully sell some things and sometimes I would but more times than not it was it was a calling card I would meet people I would talk talk to people they would see me and you know to this day uh, I'd say 90 to 95 percent of the the commissions and work that I get come from people either having seen me paint live or they tell a friend about when I was painting live yeah and that was true of the first mural that I painted here in Austin, 12th and Chacon. I met the owners of the gallery right. on South Congress.
0: And there's a whole story behind that, too, that some people can... Yeah, man. That's, so a, that's a thing, that the 12th and Chacon, it was, uh, you did it, I think you did the first one in 2013, and then a new, uh, someone took over the business, and then they whitewashed the whole mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and then the community was not happy, and mm-hmm. they, they didn't get uh no one asked anybody mm-hmm. and uh and then you had a chance to do it over yeah. but this is after you were sober then yeah yeah so it's like you had a different view a different level everything. of everything
1: everything it was serendipitous man Wow. It was like cuz that that i mean when i painted it the first time around like i was at that point not bragging i was i was drinking about at least like a liter of vodka a day like that was just to maintain wow. homeostasis like that's where i was at You know, I was a full blown alcoholic for years. And, uh, when I finished that, uh, in January, 2014, two weeks after I finished it, I ended up getting sober Yeah, and it was amazing because that whole time I was getting sober before the it got painted over like I would always see it and I was like damn I wish I could go back into that yeah I wish I could go back into that because it was like I'm seeing things from a whole different way I mean more than just being sober it's like I I just discovered that the one thing that I needed to create I was drowning every single day Hmm. you know and I and I needed I needed myself I needed my feelings I needed my truth I needed my honesty and I was I was living in such a narrow bandwidth of of reality, and it was so foggy and so skewed.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, so the art that I was putting out was just that. It was vapid. Yeah. Compared to what I'm doing now.
2: Yeah.
1: And so... Yeah, it was serendipitous that, you know, almost four years later, uh, I was presented with an opportunity to repaint that wall and to really say some things, Mm. uh, not just about gentrification and and a lot of the experiences black and brown people have had in East Austin and all over, but also imbue my experience in recovery.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. My last podcast guest also... Uh, he's been sober for 19 months and he was talking about how scared he was when he got sober. He thought he needed to drink to be able to do the work that he was doing, to do good work, what he thought was good work then. Then. And he had no idea that once he got sober, his work just up-leveled huge. You know, like he didn't even understand what he could do until he Mm -hmm. quit drinking and Mm -hmm. uh, he was in a different space, uh, Mm -hmm. different mentally, everything, physically.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's typical of especially creative people. That, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you that was one of the, not the main reason, but one of the main reasons why I kept drinking every single day mm. is, and it's look, it's, it, it supersedes addiction, supersedes all logic. And, and as a matter of fact, there's, there's a saying that says you can, you can't be dumb enough to get sober, but you can be smart enough. It's too smart to get sober. Yeah. You know, and that's usually the problem with a lot of creative people is they want to think their way into this stuff. And, you know, again, I need to get away from my thinking. not Not that, not that I don't need to think, but there is a balance, and that's what recovery gives me across the board is a balance, is a reference point to come back to where I can, I can deal with the middle of the road
2: yeah. as opposed
1: to the, the the edges, and you know, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just tough, man. It really is tough. But I totally understand where where your your last guess was coming from because that's exactly how I felt.
0: Yeah. In addition to murals and live painting, and something that you do in your murals and your live painting is portraiture. I mean, it seems like that is a passion of yours. You love love faces.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I love doing faces. I don't know what it is. I'm not quite sure. I think I enjoy... uh, How do I... I, It's like capturing their soul. Man, I was just going to say that. I was trying to figure a way to (laughs) not... come across too corny like honestly the the best the best i like to think about it like um portals yeah if that's if that it sounds corny as hell but man when you this is what if you don't do portraiture work like this is something that you have to take into consideration is that i am staring hyper focused on somebody's faces and features namely their eyes yeah Like you can nail everything. If you don't nail the eyes, then it's not a, it's off. Yeah. You know, and when you catch somebody's eyes, man, you, you absorb them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, a lot of the, not a lot, but I really enjoy doing portraits of people that have passed.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Uh
1: it makes me feel close to my mother. Yeah. Very much so. Especially for people come to me for commissions and like they lost a friend or a parent or even a pet. Yeah. And, i i just i understand that loss so well that it, it it makes me feel useful to them
2: yeah to
1: do that. And you'd be amazed at like the difference between just my regular portrait portraiture work and then portraiture work of people that have passed that Mm. I have a little sense of their story and I'm also doing it for somebody who's missing them. Like all that ties into my heartstrings, man. And that's, again, that's, that's what I'm trying to get to every single day when I, when I, when I create. And again, that was what I was drowning when I was drinking as much as I was and not dealing with reality.
0: Mm. How do you get away from just the feeling too much of the pressure? Like if it's a commission and it's someone that died, it's like, oh man, I really have to nail this. Yeah. Like, how do you, st- I mean, I'm sure it's like trying to stay out of your head, right? I yeah. mean, it's that whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I decompress, it, talk about it, or, you know, if I can, I'll work on uh, multiple commissions or not commissions, but maybe I'll do something fun for myself or something yeah. a little more lighthearted or uh, just go out in nature and kind of just decompress. But it really, it it's... It it's not as morose as you might think. I mean, mm. it was. I mean, take last summer when I was doing that George Floyd. Yeah. That was intense, man. Yeah. No that doubt. That was super intense, and especially the fact that, you know, I I mean, I'm, talk, I'm not even being hyperbolic here, but hours talking to people every day. Yeah. Like I, TV
0: I, crews. I mean, TV all crews, kinds of documentaries. You know? and, and
1: it was it was so awesome. It was so awesome, but awesome. also very very intense. Uh, but what kept bringing me back to neutrality was understanding that this is something that's going to be useful to a lot of people. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew it, I knew it before it even started to get resolved. Like as, um, as soon as I started to put paint on that wall, I started to feel like I could breathe. Mm. I started to feel like, cause I, and prior to that. I wanted to punch something, but I didn't know what to punch. I wanted to scream, but I didn't yeah. know where to. Sk- and that's how I feel. Most people felt at that time. It's just like, are you out of your, and yeah. so having some art and I feel like this is a big role that art plays. Um, and everybody saw how important art was last year when everything came to a screeching halt.
2: Yeah.
1: It is a, it is a way up and out of yourself. It is, it is, it is an, an alternate world, an alternate reality, uh, that just decompresses is the best way that I can think about it, Mm. you know, cause if, if I stay in my body and my, if I stay in my mind too much, man, that's, that's where I feel like I get sick. Yeah. You know, God, I need, I need to get out. I need, I need to get out and I need to connect. Yeah. And I feel like that's what art does. And I would love real, like to me. The best art is the most honest art, and what I mean by that is I'll give you an example the example that I have is 2002, Atlanta, Georgia, at the Tabernacle, uh, Lauren Hill yeah. just came out with her unplugged album. It was just her and her guitar, and she was singing. It was probably like 200 people, maybe 250, and she was crying every other song like and still hitting the notes and crying and it was like it was palpable in that room and it's just like you you wouldn't even have to speak english to feel what she was feeling right and that's that's what i i feel like art does is it connects to the the primitive nature of of Mm. of what it is to be human to, to be alive to be life that's what art does is it roots us in that because otherwise it's just what what's what's left if there's no (laughs) music there's no fashion there's no plays there's no uh culinary arts delicious food i mean the way people talk like all these different styles and and vibrations like they i think they're what what makes life life
0: it makes it so rich yeah man so then what makes you want to numb out about that from life from the richness of life you know like well, why did you numb out for so long it, it's
1: a, it was a process mm. f- number one i mean it, and and it's not for everybody but but for me it was also there's a genetic component to it my yeah. father he wasn't in our, in our life uh he was a uh, fall down, angry, drunk. And he didn't start out like that. He and my mother were high school sweethearts. And mm-hmm. he was black. My mother's white. And this was in the early 70s. So that was freaking love in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. That's love. And she, she even told me, you know, like they were high school sweethearts. And he was a, he was a boxer and a wrestler. And he drew. Hmm. And he was also an alcoholic. Yeah. And I just had a natural propensity for all three of those things. I just naturally gravitated towards, you know, soccer and hockey and lacrosse yeah. and I just naturally was always drawing and that's what introduced me to painting and when I started drinking, uh I had a natural propensity towards that. Yeah. It 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 worked. And even though I didn't, you know, I wasn't living under a bridge and homeless right away, um it made a mark on me, and this is some, this is something I didn't really understand until I got sober. Is that that most people when they have their first drink, it's not a spiritual experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> but for me, it was a spiritual experience. Wow. I remember it, man. I, and take into consideration also, like I was I was nervous to drink because I knew mm. my father's story, and ironically enough, I was afraid that I, I was afraid to lose control. Yeah. And I remember it was a first. I was 15, and it was that was a soccer team party, and I had a the soccer captain or soccer team. I was like, "Yo, will you watch me tonight? Like, make sure I'm all right." Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just nervous, and yeah. yo, that lasted literally 30 seconds into my first beer. Mm. 30 seconds into my first beer, I was like, "Oh," because prior to that, wow. prior to that, I always felt like. Everybody had their shit together but me. Everybody was on in some information or some joke that I wasn't in on. I, I was always worried about the future, always worried about what people thought, replaying shit from the past. And when I had that first drink, that shit was just quiet. Wow. Everything, and think about Times Square, like in the Matrix, Times Square just coming to a halt that's how it felt in my mind. And I could just walk across the room and talk to the girl that I like. And I was just there. And I was that in retrospect, it was the first time I was ever present. Wow. And yeah. even though I didn't start drinking heavily right away, that was, that was to me, it was my ace in my back pocket. Mm. And the, you know, the, the, the tricky thing about addiction is it's, it's accumulative and it happens over time. And, um, it's it gives me a lot of hope nowadays that it's being a little more normalized and not so stigmatized yeah. addiction. Um, but, you know, the, the second and third most powerful thing that kept me continuing to drink before things got bad and especially after things started getting bad was the shame and the guilt. Yeah. Like there were times where I wanted, like you'd ask me how I was doing and yeah. I'd want to scream for help. Mm. But instead I'm like, oh, I'm good. How you doing, man? You know? Yeah. When I inside I, I feel like I wanna die because I, I I know that I'm I'm messing up but I can't stop. You know? Wow. And it's uh it's hard to explain to to someone who hasn't experienced addiction, but then again I feel like a lot of people can understand some level. If yeah. you have a smartphone, if you've ever had a little more sugar than you wanted to. Food, yeah, I have a food thing for sure. Binge you know what watching what I mean? shows, video games, sex, porn, gambling, shopping, yeah, money—absolutely. You know, so if you know what it's like to be out of control with something, then that's that's what it's like. And you know, the the ironic thing about getting control back is giving up control. Mm. And that's what I do every time that I say that prayer before I paint. You know, I'm yeah. giving it up. Like I'm not, I'm not the master here. Like if anything, I'm just, I'm just a lightning rod. You know, if this is going to be an awesome session, awesome. But I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Wouldn't you know that that's when, that's when things start to flow. It doesn't come from me like kung fu grip around everything and you know yielding things in my way or making things happen and you know, forcing it. Like it just doesn't work like that. Even though sometimes I get caught up in that 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 motive but you know mm. at least now at least now I have a north star you yeah. know I have a reference point that I can come back to and be like it's time to let go time to have fun time to just be here and be grateful
0: yeah giving up control but then also being able to like like you're saying regulate your emotions regulate how you feel to keep yourself balanced mm-hmm. and not get out of control For and sure. not get stuck in your head right, right. and all that right maybe would you mind talking about your mom a little bit too? Because we talked about of your dad. Not, I mean, man. I, I know how important she is yeah, too. Yeah, man, and I I, I love something that you said in one of your videos or a video someone did a view. You, you were talking about how, you know, someone might pass on, but their energy is eternal, and it and it's still here for yeah, you. Man. Her energy, one hundred percent, her influence. Like, one, what did you learn from her?
1: Oh man, so many things, so many things. Um, you know, from. Well, the the giving is something that I, I I'll give you an example, man. It was, she used to wake me and my sister up at night and she's a single mom working. And like, so at night was her me time to like watch television and every now and again, like something would hit her and she'd, you know, want to drop a gem on us. And, you know, sometimes it was boring, but there was one time in particular, I was probably like nine or 10. My sister was like 12 or 13 and she'd wake us up and be like, Chris, Jackie. And we come stumbling downstairs (laughs) like on a school night like it didn't matter but she you know and there was one time where she was just like uh you know chris jackie whatever you guys want to do in life i don't care and i remember she said i don't care if you want to be a janitor be the best janitor you could possibly be and i'll love you no matter what
2: Mm. and
1: it's like at nine ten years old i i knew that already but i remember i didn't even sleep that night because wow. it felt so good it just felt like there was no there was no competition there was no race there was just no I didn't have to earn her love and that unconditional love is something that helped me really stretch and 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 dream big and try for things that were you know seemingly ridiculous like I was mm. I grew up in Hilton Head South Carolina and I wanted to play in the NHL you know, mm-hmm. and I just happened to, you know, get into a roller hockey league when I was 12. And then we started to travel. And then there was an ice hockey league in, in Charleston, South Carolina, which is two and a half hours one way from where I lived. And we would carpool with other families a couple of times a week. And then we had to move to Atlanta and I fucking lived at an ice rink and started playing travel mm-hmm. hockey. And then I got seen by a a recruiter from a prep school. And it was just like, Hmm. Things just happen. But what, what was what was consistent about that is I've I was driven and I I loved what I what I did and I didn't know how it was going to work out. But I just I just knew if I kept working, something's going to happen. And well before my mother passed away, I knew that, you know, this is a short trip. Yeah, I knew that this is a short trip and that, you know, tomorrow is not promised. Like, and so why, why waste time? You know, like even when I, before I got to college, like, uh, or I was thinking about what I was going to major in in college. Like, I was like, man, I don't want to, I want to, I want to pursue my art, yeah. you know? And there was no pathway. Yeah. And I got friends that are like doing these, you know, majors. They're going to be working seven figure jobs and like right. they're going to have money and this, that and the other. And it's like, you know. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just knew that I wanted, I just want to be happy. Yeah. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I don't want to have to dread what I have to do on Monday, on Friday. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to live like that. So that's what, that's what, you know, my mother helped instill in me. And, you know, when she passed, uh, it, it just, it just further drove that into my heart. And, Mm. um, my drinking went from heavy to what the fuck. Yeah. At that point. Um, and I had a lot of help from, from friends and stuff like that, even though I didn't quit drinking, but friends that, you know, helped me stay, let me stay with them. And I had one friend, Johnny Gonzalez, who let me stay with him for six months and let me pay him in paintings. Yeah. Each month. Yeah. And I was painting every single day. And, um, you know, it, that's, that's just what was in my heart, man. And she, Unconditional love I think that's probably the biggest lesson That she put in my heart And you know she was a spiritual person She she believed that energy You know is something that Is just constantly balancing itself out And moving from one thing to the other And she also talked a lot about reincarnation And I, I don't know what to believe But I I definitely believe that We're all connected in ways that are Way more Way more intense Than than my senses can even calculate. Um, And I do believe that by virtue of me talking about her and me giving thanks to her and me painting her and just bringing her into my heart every single day that she's very much alive. And so many things have happened that, you know, have proven to me that, you know, she's she's still here, even though she's not physically here. I mean, there's times where I really I get really sad Yeah. I get really overwhelmed and I I get confused and I get frustrated and I don't know what to do. And like, she was that person and not just with me, but she was a type of person that you could go to her in shambles and like in a matter of sentences, she would have you back to homeostasis. Mm. Like she just made you feel comfortable about being you. Wow. You know what I mean? She was just a, you know what I mean? And she just loved, she gave. And there are times where I'm I'm really overwhelmed and, and sad or whatever it is and I'll get quiet and I'll just you know be talking to her in my head and it's not like i hear i don't hear anything but i know what she'd say yeah what is that what is that yeah you know and so so you know my mother if you know me yeah yeah you know her wow yeah i am her yeah and so going down, going going down the line, like going back to what we were saying before, like that's my ultimate goal is to like when I'm done here, I want I want I want to have you know temples built in a lot of people's heart. Not not oh, Chris was so awesome, but because I gave them something, mm. because I meant something to them, because I gave them a piece of my heart, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, and like that's that's the reincarnation I, I believe in. Wow, it's just constantly happening.
0: That's so powerful. I'm very moved by what you just said. Thank you. Um, Well, you know, you've mentioned this a couple times just about we're all the same. We're all connected. You know, why do you think that there is such, at the same time, such disparity in people's minds? Maybe it's not in their hearts. I don't know where it is. But, I mean, it's like, you know, we're coming up on almost a year ago that George Floyd was killed, you know, the trials going on right now, you did this mural, you talked with people probably for, like you said, hours and hours and hours about all these issues around that. Like, where are we now? Do you feel like has anything changed in that last year for you? Or do you see anything?
1: I mean, I, I I know there's a lot that's changed in in me and I would imagine there's a lot that's changed in a, a lot of other people. And, you know, I mean, one of my main functions for for painting that that wall was to get people on the same page to get people talking, yeah people that normally don 't talk and I, I derived this all again from my my experience in recovery and you know, like I said before the the second and third most powerful things that kept me in that vicious cycle of addiction, which I think racism and sexism and any other ism that were experiencing here uh our diseases as well what kept me locked in those diseases was was the shame and the guilt mm. you know and if there if if going to recovery meant that i was going to be met with people pointing their fingers at me and belittling me or shaming me further like I, that just drove me that would just drive me further into my disease yeah. so so that's what i wanted People to be met with when they when they saw this work, this artwork is truth and a truth that is inviting and uh, galvanizing mm. um, not judgmental uh, and the conversations that I had with people weren't all people that were black lives matter I I had conversations with people that were you know still wondering why uh, Kaepernick kneeled you yeah, know and, right. it's, and that's cool I mean, that that's so huge that somebody would talk to me about that. Yeah. Seeing the mural that I'm painting, they want to come talk to me. Not yell or scream, but talk to me. Yeah. And I feel like, and this was my experience in recovery too, is like once I started to hear people and listen to people, I started to connect the dots. And mm. people that I normally would just not even give the time of day or just write off automatically like they, the way they look or this, that, and the other, that that's the way they are, so we're not going to have any... Those were the people that I got along with the most wow that 's what's so amazing about recovery is all that shit is out the door we 're only here for one reason, and that 's to help the next alcoholic stay sober one more day that 's it mm. and so when you when when I approach my artwork and racism and what happened with George Floyd with that same level of, of love and understanding and patience, it, it creates this space where people are, you know, maybe a little hesitant, but they at least feel comfortable to open up and start talking. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we need because when people talk, talk, they start to figure out what the real problem is and it's not one another. Right never was been, never has been, never will be. It's a system. You know? And the system yeah. runs like a charm when we are fractured and squabbling and, you know, crabs in a bucket at yeah. one another. Yeah. We're not the problem. Donald Trump is not my problem. Mm-hmm. There is a bigger, there are bigger things at work, deeper, more profound things at work. But here's another thing that I really love about recovery and what has taught me about peace and uh, serenity and happiness and again it's not something that I achieve and I grapple for and I get it actually comes from me letting go Mm. relinquishing control understanding what I can and can't control and and being honest with myself and that's where I'm able to realize oh I can't do anything about that not to say that I'm not going to try to change things and do my part but i can't concern myself with things i have no jurisdiction over but what i do have jurisdiction over is how i respond to those things like that's what i i've learned about what builds my reality is not what is happening to me or what has happened to me but how i'm responding to it Mm. that's what creates my reality and before i didn't respond if anything i reacted but at more times than not i just swept shit under the rug i pointed fingers i blamed people i didn't take responsibility or i just straight out didn't deal with reality man mm. what reality yeah you know but this is what's so powerful is is that and so another main function for that mural is letting people understand that that the cure is is us Mm-hmm. Like my 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 hope isn't in the system, yeah. but if I'm waiting for the system to pass laws for me to be patient and understanding and compassionate and and inviting to the person next to me, then I'm missing the whole point. You know, and it, and it may be too late for for myself and a lot of other people. But I mean, I'm thinking about the people after me and the people after that. And if you see the, a lot of the kids that are in their teens and early 20s, like they are not down with any of this shit. Right. I'm talking about like gangsters that are sticking up for gay kids getting bullied.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's just one. Sm- that was yeah. not happened when I was in school. Right. Not at all. Not back in the 90s. No, thank you. But I'm saying, like incrementally, things are changing. And and again, my hope is in the people.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, that's what the 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 mural is of people. It's not an anti system mural. It's celebrating these people's lives. Celebrating,
1: celebrating. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, that's that's why the title of is "If He Can't Breathe, We Can't Breathe." Um, and, And I felt like. The silver lining for for George Floyd that, you know, what happened last year, the fact that it happened on such a grand stage with everything played out, with multiple angles and the story fully told, like, a lot of people that aren't privy to the plight of black and brown people were like, oh, snap, they're not lying. Yeah. But if you're black and brown, that is a Tuesday. That's going down tonight, guaranteed somewhere. Yeah. Right? But... What's beautiful is there's so many people that aren't normally privy to that that felt that and it hurt them and it angered them. Yeah. And that to me meant a lot because, I mean, if you go back to even Rodney King, that happened on the same similar stage and it was not so diverse. The reaction was very sliced down the middle, as a matter of fact. But now it's like, I mean, you're you're talking about in China, in Australia, Middle East, around the world, everywhere, there were people shouting justice for George Floyd, like protests. Yeah. That's powerful.
0: Yeah. Is there any one moment when you were doing that mural that you had with a person that surprised you or moved you or anything that comes to mind?
1: (sighs) There are a number, man. There are a number. Uh, it 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 always moves me when I saw people like crying while they were looking mm. at it, uh, you know, and people would say thank you. Um, but they, I, there's there's one there's one instance that sticks out the most, and it was uh, I was probably like halfway through it, and uh, it was. It was that night like I started working on it like through the night because it, there were so many people coming through, yeah, but this was probably like ten eleven at night on like a Friday, and I was sitting on the curb, looking at the mural and this this woman in her fifties, um Tracy is her name, uh and she came walking up to me, and I didn't know her at the time, but uh and just started talking to me about the, about the mural. she didn't know I was the artist yet. And she was started talking about Kaepernick and she just came out of the gates telling me that, you know, up until a few weeks ago, she, she still thought that Kaepernick was, was protesting the troops, Mm. which is just bullshit propaganda. Yeah. Um, but did I, you know, look at her wrong? Nah, man, I just listened to her. Yeah. I just listened to her and then, you know, she let me talk and it was probably like, you know, 20, 25 minutes we were sitting there having a fire conversation and, you know, then there was a little bit of silence and I looked over her and, you know, I was like, how are you feeling right now? She's like, I feel pretty good. I was like, yeah, me too. I was yeah. like, and I, was, I told her, I was like, can you imagine if the whole world had conversations like this on a, on a regular basis or yeah. even a quasi-regular basis? Yeah. Just a conversation. No, like, pointing the fingers or, like, this, that, and the other. Just like, oh, that's how you feel? I, okay. Well, this is what I think. And like, you know. Yeah. Just sharing thoughts. Yeah. Amazing stuff happens, and you get to see the humanity in one another, man. And it mm. just it feels good. And it goes back to what I was saying about the honesty of true art and, you know, what I felt in that Lauren Hill concert. Like, it's just, there's a vibration to truth. Mm. Like, even if I didn't speak your language, if I was speaking from the heart like you feel it it almost makes you want to smile yeah truth honesty yeah. Yeah. speaking from the heart like that's there's no language to that mm-hmm. you know what i mean
0: mhm mhm thanks for sharing that yeah. um maybe just to at the end here maybe you could just would you mind sharing where things are right now with you and kind of how you're looking forward like mm-hmm. you know just what's it like being an artist right now? Or maybe like even what's your favorite part of being an artist right in this moment? And what are you looking forward to?
1: Man, my favorite part about being an artist right now is, is just, just being able to do what I love. Yeah. Just being able to do what I love and express myself and have it received and, um, being able to, to, to touch people and collaborate with people and, I mean, what I said about last year, just like how important art has has become. Like it, it, it feels good to to know that that people really appreciate appreciate art. And Austin is a, a town that I feel like really appreciates art. It's one of the reasons I'm one of the reasons I moved out here. Yeah, is because there were, you know I'd heard so many things. I mean, birdies in my ears for years about Austin, mm. Austin, Austin, and you know to be in Austin right now when things are really starting to thrive and there's so many people moving here and you know, there's a lot of comedy going on and I'm, you know, I've been going to a comedy show tonight to be yeah. live Tommy Davison, you know, that's from cool. from living color. And like, it's just really fun to, to be around. And, you know, I got some, some mural projects coming up, one with, um, Austin FC, the new MLS team that's coming to Austin. Uh, so that's going to be a cool mural. And I got a couple, uh, exhibitions that I'm going to be putting together this oh, year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, look, that. last year when everything slowed down, it, it was it was medicinal for me mm. because I'd been really, really, thankfully busy for yeah. a, a number of years, and I f- realized or I found myself at the end of 2019 like really spread thin and busy and not inspired and. It, A lot of the Mm. projects that I had going on were feeling like work, and what I realized in 2020 uh, during the lockdown is that I need to be creating for myself again balance. Yeah, you know, and I was I was saying yes to a lot of things because of money and. You know, I don't want to it's just so it's so hard to say no to projects, yeah. man, you know, because in my in my mind, I'm still that that artist on on South Congress that could barely give his art away. Yeah. And so when people go, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? And it's like, I, I can, but I, I'll, I'll have some availability later this year yeah you know but i i'm i'm allotting time now to create for myself and to nice. paint when when something hits me you know what it is yeah when something hits you it could hit you in the morning afternoon in the shower whatever like that's what i need to paint and i feel like those are gifts yeah those are gifts and when i when i just let them become dull and and just do stuff for money that then i become morose and frustrated and ungrateful and so um I'm, I'm being a little more selective with my commissions this year, and I'm, I'm, I'm creating for myself a lot more because ultimately I want people to come to me to do exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. Not that I won't do commission work, but that's my ultimate goal. I want people to be like, yo, Chris, I want you to do whatever the hell you, you want. Are, to, do. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, man. Just, I'll pay for the canvas. You do it. You yeah. know? Like that's, that's amazing to me. That's where I'd like to go.
0: Yeah, they just want full on you, whatever yeah. you make. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's good. I want to respect your time, and and uh, I'm so grateful to you and your passion, and I'm 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 very moved by uh, um, your integrity and everything you've shared, and I th- I'm really thankful.
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Like I said, we should do a part two, part three, whatever, yeah. man. I really appreciate talking to you, man.
0: Do you have any? Is there any any last words for people that might be listening? Anything that you'd like to say to any uh, artist out yeah, there? Yeah,
1: any artist out there that that is is thinking about you know doing their art a little more consistently, or whether it be professionally or just you know want to do it more. I would say just do it. Um, the again the, the the thing that derails me the most is my own mind, and I, I feel like if you're creative and you know what you love to do and you know what wakes you up in 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 the middle of the night or whatever like that's halfway there the rest thing rest the rest is just doing it yeah you know let go let go of ex- expectations let go of results and just swan dive
0: yeah nice thanks chris I it. thank you, you. Hey, it's Scott. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so appreciative of your time, investment, in listening to these conversations that I have with these amazing people. I'm very grateful for you. And if you want to learn more about me and the podcast, just check out scottdavidgordon.com. Take care. Thanks.